Need quality and accessible health care at a minimal cost? Get Antidote Health. We offer individual and family plans with zero co-pays for online doctor visits 24-7, pediatric visits, mental health care, and more. Some plans even have a cashback benefit, and you'll get access to top-tier providers like Cleveland Clinic. Open enrollment has started, so sign up today at antidotehealth.com slash start. Dollar copays and cashback not available on all services or prescription drugs. Consult your plan for more information. There's a reason Bowling Green State University is ranked number one in Ohio for student experience. Our in-demand degrees and life design program prepares students for their first career and their next. With an unparalleled support system at a national research university, BGSU offers an unrivaled experience, all on a vibrant campus in one of America's best college towns. It's also why Bowling Green State University is the number one school in the Midwest that students would choose again for the fourth year in a row. Welcome into another edition of the Going Deep Podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Masseri, here with Mike Bunt. And boy, do we have a show for you today. We got OTAs going on. We got every player in, involved going to camp. We have no Stefan Diggs to talk about. We have Josh Allen to talk about. We have some press conferences. We have some Sean McDermott comments to mention. But we'll be right back at you with this action-packed edition. Josh Allen, looking deep, going deep. To me, talking about the Bills, what else would you rather be doing? We're hoping to add a, a new dimension to the Cover One Network. Slings it deep down field, Right now, I just want to talk about this championship level. I've never had a championship caliber team to talk about. I want to focus more on the storylines each week. What are the big stories going on with the Bills? What are uh, thoughts, commentary? How do these things impact Buffalo? Deep drop. Mike, we are back at you. Another edition of the Going Deep podcast. And boy, do we have a very interesting June 13th um, with all of the news notes rumors around Stefan Diggs and his show up on Monday and Tuesday morning uh, met with the team worked out past a physical to then not show up for the team portion of practice causing questions to be asked to Sean McDermott and to which he responded he's very concerned Mike first and foremost let's start right at the top let's try to get into it I uh, know used to beat around the bush what are your opinions of Sean McDermott and his comments to where he was very concerned? Are you concerned? Did he say that the wrong way? Did he say it the right way? Was he caught off guard? I guess give your opinion on just at first and foremost, Sean McDermott uh, getting his answer to the press conference question. I thought Sean McDermott butchered it by saying very oh. concerned. I know it was a leading question. And at the time, how do you respond to that in the moment? I don't know if I would have done much better at that in that situation, but to say very concerned, even if he didn't mean it uh, as something super serious, uh, I, I think kind of lit the fire uh, underneath this. Uh, if, if he, w I, I don't know how else he really could have answered it. He could have said something like uh, it's something that we're addressing inside the locker room, or uh, he could have prefaced it by saying he wasn't going to take questions about Stefan Diggs today and just avoid the situation entirely. 
I think regardless, we would have been talking about it, but I think that definitely took things to another level once he said very concerned. And I didn't think that was really necessary at that moment in time. I guess the question is what would have made him answer it that way? Was it that he thought everything was worked out? Obviously, you know, Diggs then later came out saying uh, to the public that, you know, you know, they should know everything going on. You know, they were kind of upset by that comment that McDermott made, like, like acting like he didn't know that what was going on. I think Stefan Diggs clearly knows he wants to have a player communication. He probably wants to make sure the focus is there. He wants to make sure his role is clear. He wants to make sure the offense is ticking on all cylinders to win the Super Bowl, Mike. But I also don't to 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 kind of go the opposite direction. I don't have an issue with Sean McDermott's comments. I'm very concerned. I don't believe saying answering the question by answering it with the same question isn't that big of a deal. Uh, I think he would have gotten ridiculed anyways. Like, where is he? What do you mean you're not concerned? Why aren't you concerned that your player's not here? I think it would have caused an issue anyways, in my opinion. Um, I don't believe that it's it's it's. I think it's a nothing burger of an answer, Mike. I don't really think was it the world's best. No, no, I don't. I don't think so. But also, was it anything poor? No, I think that Diggs took that and ran with it to kind of justify not being there. So let's kind of pivot from from uh, Sean McDermott's answer because I don't know we're going to have an answer there. How do you feel about the situation, Mike? What's your opinion on Diggs not being here? Why isn't he here? What justification does he have? As many national reporters are saying, it's very interesting. He just signed $95 million contract. What's going on where a player that that just got paid? Because you see across the league while players aren't playing. Well, yeah, Chris Jones wants to get paid. This player wants to get paid. Um, you know, what is your opinion on him not being there? Like, what? I guess, tell me what you think is going on. Yeah, it's certainly a unique situation because, like you said, it's normally one of three th reasons why you would hold out of a mini camp or a training camp. Number one, obviously, comes to mind money. That's not the factor here. He had the four year extension last offseason. He's paid as one of the best wideouts in football. So you can cross money off the list. The number two reason you would think is role. You're looking for a bigger um, role in a, on a team. Well, that that's not the case here in Buffalo because he's already a number one receiver who's had over 100 catches the last three years, unless he was upset with his usage down the stretch. But if you actually compare um, Stephon Diggs' 2022 season to 2021, he had five more catches, about 224 more yards and three more touchdowns in one last game. So I know a lot of people are saying, well, maybe he's upset with Ken Dorsey. Well, Ken Dorsey just got him the second best season of his career. So the, I don't think it's a, a usage or a role uh, question. And then the number three uh, thing that you would bring up is team. Does he like the direction where the team is going? Does he feel like they are doing what's necessary to win a Super Bowl? I don't know if I necessarily agree with Diggs if this is the issue, but maybe he wasn't satisfied uh, with what they did this offseason. I, I that might be a little bit too much to say. We don't, we, that's speculation at this point, but he certainly wasn't happy down the stretch. His body language in the, the game against Cincinnati revealed that he was upset with certain things. Now the question with his body language in the Cincinnati game, was that a one time uh, situation where it was a flare up of emotions during a disappointing performance by the offense, defense, coaching staff, everyone, or was that something that, he had been feeling weeks prior that finally came out uh, in a bad situation. 
Um, that I don't know. But what it feels more like, Kevin, than anything else is that this might be something that is a rift behind the scenes, uh, that maybe there is a relationship, whether it is him with another player or him with someone on the coaching staff, that is just not seeing eye to eye on things. Now, we can't point out one or or two players. We can all speculate on maybe it's Josh, maybe it's Ken Dorsey, maybe it's McDermott. None of us know any of that uh, to be a fact at this moment of time. Um, so right now we're left with uh, a lot of questions. The one thing I can say, Kevin, you have this information as well. What we were both told this entire offseason was that Diggs and Allen and some of the other people involved never made amends during the offseason. They didn't talk out supposedly what had happened in Cincinnati. So this could just be part of the finally airing out your problems and grievances that needed to happen months ago, but maybe it was just delayed till now. We'll get to the bottom of this. In the end, I don't think it's going to be as big of an issue as what we're all hyping it up to be at the current moment. Well, Mike, we'll see. I in the middle on this, whether I think it's a big deal or not, I don't know that just because fall comes that it's not going to be a big issue. Um, it's tough to see it going away to the level it's already reached. I would agree with you, Mike, fully yesterday. The level that it's already gone to right now makes me know like all of a sudden like something of this nature happening and it's just going to go away. I think maybe in the, on the field potentially, but I don't believe that when moments get tough and they lose two games in a row or at the end of the season when it happens again, I don't know where that's going to lead us. That would be my counter. Like, sure, maybe they could squash it. Quite frankly, let's look at the ramifications for, first. The ramifications of something happening, as tweeted by a lot of national reporters today, there's no way to get out of this contract. The Bills had just paid him uh, an upfront uh, up roster extension, meaning they gave him his base salary to lower to vet minimum, meaning that a team that acquires Stephon Diggs acquires $1.165 million. The Bills are not allowing Stephon Diggs to go play on a $1.1 million deal, meanwhile eating $40 million against dead cap next year. Uh, it's not going to happen. So to be specific, it's $31, uh, $31 million against dead cap next year, $13 million this year, a combined $45 million dead cap. Uh, you would actually save money this year, um, but the problem is next year, you would be sitting with a $31 million negative on your ledger before the season kicks off. Uh, so for that to happen, you would need extreme draft capital to overcome the fact that you're playing with $31 million less than every single other team in the NFL. So that's just the, the, the money side of the situation. Uh, the realistic side of the situation is beans, not going to let it get to that point anyways. Um, but if it did, it just, there'd be no package outside of multiple high draft choices that would account for that kind of dead capital. Now let's move past that. Mike, if you're looking at it from a perspective of the team, what's going to happen is he quite frankly could technically, he's been paid. He could walk away and all he'd walk away from at this moment, Mike, is 1.1 million. So he does, he has a physical action because his base salary isn't going to be enough to find him. Now, if there, is there ways the Bills would try to recoup signing bonuses and all that? I don't know. But I think the cleaner option is to work it out. Let's figure out what exactly is the issue. Let's get everybody in a room. I think Sean McDermott would tell you he thought that happened. 
Um, he was clear that he probably thought that that happened by him showing up and being here and present. Um, but what a unique situation to the point where even national reporters are like, well, we heard he was practicing. Like, so I think it's such a unique situation here that, and they've all admitted actually, Josh, Stefan, it's a personal issue. No one said it's contract or money related. No one said it's anything other than a personal issue. So Mike, I'll ask you one question and, and, and it's a pretty good one. If he shows up tomorrow, are you forgetting this? Or do you think that this could, could rear its head up um, at some point this off season, if something doesn't go, go, go its way during training camp, or like I said, early on in the season, if he shows up tomorrow, I'm a hundred percent forgetting this. And I'm not even worried about this going forward. If he shows up tomorrow, okay. even if he doesn't show up the next few days, as long as he's there for training camp, I'm okay. Now I'm not saying it's, being a good leader, obviously he's a captain on this team. He's not leading by example, but I'm going to trust Von Miller that this is not a huge deal to the players in the locker room. I'm going to trust Josh Allen when he says we're, we have his back and we're going to, we're going to love him and support him once he comes back. So to me, this is more of one of those unfortunate situations of you have a star player that you knew could be, a little bit off at times, a little bit out there. Um, and in for the first time really in Buffalo, we're starting to uh, experience a little bit of that. Now, that doesn't mean it's the end of the world or anything to freak out about, but there, we did know heading into this trade uh, three years ago that things would pop up occasionally. And uh, luckily for the Bills, things really haven't um, – to this extent the first three years because the bills were having a lot of success and Diggs was having career seasons. Uh, let's be real. They've won 37 regular season games in the last three years. They've won four playoff games. They got to an AFC championship and Diggs had uh, some of the best years uh, of his career, 127 catches and 103, 108. So there really wasn't anything for Diggs to really be salty about. Uh, sorry about my camera right now uh, with the light, but suddenly after you, you lose in the playoffs and you start falling short of expectations, now Diggs is getting that frustration. And that's when some of the crazy comes out uh, in guys like this, when you're failing to, to meet the expectations of not only, I wouldn't say himself, but the team. So now he's venting and letting out his frustration on his teammates. Now that's not right, and it's not a good way to, to be a leader on the team. But that is just how he is handling it. And as Isaiah McKenzie said in the past, 85% of Stefan Diggs is fine. It's the 10%, the 15% where you have to reel him in and be like, hey, man, let's ease up a little bit. Let's let's get back to reality. You're you're being a little out there right now. The issue is it's been an entire offseason. I think the Bills thought that time would heal, would help him get over these uh, issues or problems, whatever he was dealing with. And it, it's just lingered instead. So I believe with him being in Buffalo, with him being with the team, uh, they're going to talk this all out. This will hopefully get situated, but you're right, Kev. There's, if things get ugly at any point in the season, or if they go through a rough patch, there's no guarantee that this won't happen again, or you won't see him complaining about other things as time goes by. But the Bills are in a situation where they cannot get rid of him. That dead cap is too humongous to, to make a move. And whether Stefan wants to be here long term or whether the Bills want him to be here long term, they, they really don't have 
uh, any out. They're they're stuck with each other uh, for the for the present. And unless Stephon Diggs wants to to sit out football or get fined, he's going to end up having to accept his situation here. He's got in the driver's seat, Mike, because that fine is not very much with how his contract is now currently structured. So it's a really convenient time. Unless he doesn't uh, want to play football, though. I mean, at, at the end right. of the day, he's he's well, going to be crap. Yeah. He's going to be um, 30 soon. He's locked into Buffalo for the next four years. So unless he's willing to give up a few of the uh, a prime year of his career as he starts getting to the wrong side of 30, uh, it doesn't really make sense for a player in his position to to do that. And I do believe the players that behind the scenes, uh, they feel confident this will all work itself out. Um, but we're just going to have to wait and see. It It's very odd if this is a personal situation, like Josh Allen said, in a non-football issue, that the head coach wouldn't have addressed something during his press conference and said, Stephon Diggs is dealing with some stuff outside of football. We're giving him time to to figure things out. If it really was a non-football issue, I, I believe Sean McDermott would have responded in a manner that would have basically eased eased off on Stephon Diggs and basically made it more acceptable in the eyes of fans for him to be missing a mandatory practice. That's why I do think this does have something uh, to do with football. Now, could it be with football and off-the-field stuff with teammates? I'm not sure, but I, I I can say it's something to monitor, but it's not something that we should be worried about it destroying the entire season at this point. Sure. I think, Mike, for me, first of all, you you can't spread dead cap out. There's after June 1st, it pushes into next year. It's split between uh, this season and next season. You can't, you can't, you can spread out a signing bonus toward over the course of a term. You can't, you can't spread out dead cap. Dead cap is the extension of making do your cap promises in future years. Dead cap is literally cash you've paid a player. So you cannot manipulate cash you've paid a player once that player is off your team. It doesn't have anything to do with digs, just in general. That's how that works. So, for instance, it's a post 6-1. It is now 6-13. So, in a post 6-1 situation, you eat $13 million this year, and you would eat $31 million next year. No way to do anything but that. That is that is what it is. Um, so, as you kind of look forward to beyond that, Mike, why I don't have a problem with what McDermott said, because I bash him all the time for saying coach speak. And I thought this was real. I thought it was honest. And I didn't think it was that bad. It was it was a nothing burger. It was, are you concerned? Yes, I'm concerned. Like it was nothing more than what he kind of generally always does and just kind of says it back to the reporter. So although probably the more PR answer there was, we're keeping that in-house, John, or whoever asked at the time. I can't remember. I recall which reporter asked the question, but we're going to keep that in-house, John, or Thad, or whomever. Um, you know, we'll get back to you when you know when we have a comment on that or something along those lines. But to say I'm very concerned, could you be concerned about the player? You could be concerned about his health. You could be concerned about anything. Um, so to me, to say he's not concerned in a way that the team is in disarray and whatever, however you want to phrase the I'm very concerned to me is not how he meant it. So you're being disingenuous. I understand. What you, I get what you're saying, Kevin, but it, it felt like an, an answer. And I, and I understand we're all making this a big deal right now. Maybe behind the scenes, it isn't who knows, but it was an opportunity where he, he 
could have calmed the seas. It, 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 that kind of lit the fire a little bit. And, and we've seen a couple instances now this offseason, once by Bean uh, after day two of the draft, and now this time from McDermott, where they had answers that didn't really didn't really fit at the moment that they had them. Uh, meaning, you think of McDermott and Bean, normally they, they give you the, the PR answers. They give you the answers that, that avoid uh, – making something bigger than it needs to be. They, they like to calm uh, things down. They don't want things to, to get out of control. When you say very concerned and let this be something when it didn't need to be. And I, I look back at when Bean even had the answer about Dorian Williams, about him starting outside and then being a special team teamer. While that might be true at the moment, it, it didn't have, a sense of how this fan base and how reporters and people would react to it. Normally I feel like Bean and McDermott have a better sense, I guess, overall with, with how people are going to react to that type of news or what they say. And I'm not saying this was a, a huge mistake uh, in a day or two, this could all be over with and something that we, we, we move on from uh, if Diggs ends up reporting to practice. It just, it felt a little uncharacteristic from him. In, in my opinion, but I'm not saying it's a big deal. It's just, I thought he could have addressed it differently. Do you think Mike, that it has to do with, okay. Do you think it has to do with your best guess that it has to do with Josh's focus um, that it has to do with his usage, which I think you've already touched on his usage. It not being a factor. Do you think it has to do with Josh's focus in big time games um, and he wants to know what's going to be rectified because it does seem like there's something there, in my opinion. Um, do you think it has to do with him not wanting to play football anymore? Like, I mean, it has to, it, it would, it would, it would seem like, but what scenario is better outside of going to Kansas City, maybe Philly, uh, I guess playing Dallas with his brother? Where, where do you, like, what, what is he after? Like, what's your best guess on what That's he wants? What does he want? That's the tough thing in all this. And we can, we can speculate what is the problem behind the scenes and we can defend him. We can hate him. We can say whatever we want, but the, the, all that really matters is there is something going on. Now I know some fans, like I said earlier, want to, uh, they think that Dorsey is the target based on what uh, was said in the press conference. I do not get that feeling uh, personally. Uh, I don't, I, I guess it could always be Ken Dorsey or it could be somebody else. Um, I do think there was some heat between, between Diggs towards Josh. Now I, I would never, I, I don't know if I would say Josh felt any animosity towards Diggs because I don't get that sense, but I do think when Diggs shows that frustration on the sidelines, while a lot of players, you could just brush that off and just say, Oh, that's mm -hmm. just a, uh, like just a moment in a game where you're just letting some anger out and your, uh, your frustration. I think with Diggs, it, it was more than just a, a little, I'm leashing, lashing out on you right now. Uh, I do think there is some tension in that relationship right now. You think about three years ago, they were, uh, all the articles were about them being bros playing call of duty and uh, hanging out during uh, the COVID year and, and how they've been basically brothers the last couple of years. I do, and obviously this is all speculation. I can't prove this, and we're all just guessing right now. But I, I do feel like 
some of that relationship has take has has gone downward slightly. I, I don't know to what extent, but the fact that he reacted like that on the sideline definitely was a sign. And from what we've been hearing, the fact that this wasn't amended in recent months during the offseason, that's a concerning thing. Like you you had four months to discuss this. Why wasn't this so why wasn't this a discussion? Uh, if it was a concern um, between Diggs and obviously something that was still on the top of his mind, hopefully just being back at minicamp, this all gets talked out. Like the, the easiest thing that can happen, they're all in the same building now. Then let it all out. Complain about whatever you need to complain about. We'll deal with it and we will do our best to amend it or fix it. Whether that be, like I said earlier, issues with the coaching staff, issues with fellow players, or issues between Diggs and, and Josh. The the one thing I will say is the most frustrating as, as a fan, though, in, in this, is that because it might be something personal and not due to the normal things that you deal with, money, team, role, it does complicate it a little bit because we're not talking about easy answers. When you're talking about fragile personalities and people that I don't want to, I hate using the word diva, but people that are a little bit prima donnas and do go all over the place sometimes with their emotions. You, you could be fine one day. You could be off the next day. You, you don't know what, what you're going to see on a daily basis. So right now it could seem like everything is crazy and off the rails. And tomorrow he could report to camp, catch a couple balls from Josh, and they could be best friends hanging out, loving one another again. So it, it it's really tough to to say definitive stuff without knowing what the actual problem is, which I don't think is ever going to come out because the bills aren't going to want anything in house. That would be a personal thing between players or a personal thing between a player and a coach or any issues with coaching philosophy or scheme. They're not going to want that to be public knowledge. So I don't know if we're ever really going to get to the bottom of this. I just anticipate one day, we're going to get a report, Stefan Diggs, either reporting to minicamp practice or he's reporting the training camp. And they're going to basically give non-answers from that point forward. Right. So as you kind of continue down the path, like, do you think that like a veteran in the locker room, call it Von Miller, Micah Hyde, can say, come on, guys, let's let's bring it in. Let's get it going. Do you think that anything like that's possible? Do you think you kind of just let it go? Like, What's the, what's the, what is the final consensus on what to do? If you're a veteran leader in this room, you're not Josh, you're not Stefan, you're somebody else watching this, you know, Vaughn tried to answer to the best of his ability. What do you do if you're, you know, another veteran on this team, you know, trying to make sure that uh, the story gets written positively come September? I say, just continue doing what you do on a daily basis. Go to, go to practice, go to camp and just make sure you're positive and you have a, a good attitude every day towards practice. You control the controllables. Uh, you can't worry about what Stefan is doing off the field or what his issues are uh, in this scenario. You just have to make sure that uh, you do the best to make sure you're bringing um, a positive attitude and doing your work every single day. I, I, I know Vaughn is always going to have the positive approach. He's going to assume that this is going to uh, get figured out and that uh, the Bills aren't going to be affected by this long term. I, I would say the, the defensive leaders, the offensive leaders, they should just continue 
focusing on their position groups and just getting better every day of practice and then let what happens with digs and the rest of whatever is going on in that situation uh, handle itself. And I, I just I saw one comment I did want to address quick um, by Tim. And uh, let's see. I'm just trying to find it quick. I know we're speculating a little bit, Tim. Unfortunately, that that is part of what we have to do as a podcast. It's something going on with the Bills. Uh, we're not pretending to be 100% in the know what's going on. Obviously, there's stuff going on. We're not saying it's this, this, or this. But it is something that is going to be a topic of conversation until it's addressed. So we're not fueling any narratives about what the actual problem is. We are trying to get a better understanding of what is going on with the situation. And it is a situation. Uh, so I understand what you're saying. And we're not going to talk about random rumors. And we're not going to be throwing uh, ju juicy rumors and garbage against the wall. But it is something that we need to discuss. Because you're talking about probably the best wide receiver in Bill's history not showing up to a mini camp because of something that is happening either on or off the field that has had left him disgruntled. So I understand that back in the day, a lot of these things would happen. People would miss training camp. People would miss mini camp and they get resolved. And we're saying we most likely think this will get resolved and that he'll be on the field producing at a high level in September. But it is something worth talking about on a June 13th podcast when there's literally also, nothing. Also, what narrative that the, they said that they spread, or excuse me, that it was a personal issue. Like, we didn't say that. The team did as well as multiple players. So it's a personal issue that is not contract related. It is not on the field. It is a personal issue with some form of something off the field. That and, is and everything, and everything that we have addressed is mostly from facts it's undeniable that Diggs had a freakout on Josh Allen on the sidelines. That is a fact. It is undeniable that he did not show up for practice today. It is undeniable that the Bills have said that there is a personal issue going on that needs yeah. to be resolved. But at the same time, we have also brought up that Von Miller has said it is not a serious issue. We have mentioned that Josh Allen no. says he loves Stephon Diggs and can't wait to have him back on the field. Those are not. Mike, do, you, do you believe that though, Mike? I believe Josh has been saying things this offseason as a way to appease certain people. Uh, take that for what it's worth. When he makes comments early in the offseason saying, I've never been this focused on uh, football or I'm only focused on winning a Super Bowl. To me, I'm thinking he's trying to either sell that to the fan base after a disappointing playoff loss, or he is trying to sell that to maybe a player or two on the team who yeah. could be frustrated after a difficult playoff loss. Now that, on my part, is speculation. I don't have any uh, truth. I'm not going to push a narrative and say that Josh and Stefan hate each other. I don't believe that. But I do think Stefan is getting to the point where when you lose in the playoffs as a team that's expected to compete for Super Bowls and you fall short of the big game three straight years when you've had one of the best records of football in football over that time, I think 
it is fair to say there is frustration. And he is wondering, why are we falling short? Why can't we get past Kansas City or Cincinnati in the playoffs? How come we're a team that went 13-3 and in the regular season, lost three games by a combined eight points, and then we get smacked around by 17 points against the Bengals? So I, I, I think it is undeniable that there is frustration. And personal, on the field, whatever you want to call it, 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 it might be it, it's most likely something that combines the two um, in this factor. And here's the thing, like he showed up to Buffalo like the so we know they're working on it. It's not something that he's just entirely avoiding. He is working on this with the people that are involved. So we just have to hope for the best. And, and there's no reason to freak out or say that this is going to have long term ramifications. This is all about rehabbing and, and basically figuring out what this problem is and fixing it. The world's got you feeling glazed over. Sprinkle some love all around. Just climb your way up out of that hole and you'll be the taste of the town. Grab the one thing that everyone's loving and as it happens, they come by the dozen. Everybody loves a donut. Order a dozen from Dunkin'. Hey, Drew Scott here, and I'm Jonathan Scott, reminding you that life's better with a home policy from American Family Insurance. They can help you get just the right protection at just the right price and help you save when you bundle home and auto. Kind of like Goldilocks and the Three Bears. It'll be just right for you. We love a custom build. American Family Insurance. Insure carefully. Dream fearlessly. Get a quote and find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. And I think that that's fair. I think the fact that he's here, I think that may have been what happened. Whereas I don't think McDermott was caught off guard by the situation, Mike. Like, I don't think that anyone thinks that. I think that what is true is that they were caught. He was caught off guard by the current state of what he thought probably was perceived to be him here working out to what you just said. He's here. He's not avoiding it. He's in a room. He's meeting. He's working out physicals, all that. I do believe that that side of it was like, wait, what? Why did we take a step potentially back? And then Diggs's camp rebuttaled it by not being very happy with uh, Sean McDermott being concerned. But the point is this. It's that the player is here and he needs to accept the fact that he was just paid his entire salary up front, period. Um, it's a little bit easier for him to now, you know, sit back and think about it. But um, I do need him to start to participate in the thing that he's questioning others on potentially um, uh, the focus, maybe, you know, let's win it all. We keep the weather, whoever is at fault during Cincinnati or 13 seconds or any other situation. But do you think the best way to achieve that is by not practicing, um, by not being there right now uh, when, you know, if you new pieces, new offensive linemen, you have potentially changing up with Dalton Kincaid um, and other scenarios. Like, is the right way to, to be what you're saying that the team needs to be by not being there? So to me, it's a matter of it's a nothing burger right now, but it's something that I think needs to be watched very, very, very closely as it has been uh, as you lead into the next phase, which to use that as training camp, I will be honest if that, if he doesn't show up for three days here, I'll have my questions on what's going to happen come training camp. 
if he does, I, I need to see him at one of the days. It's a stupid. It's really stupid. I don't need to see him do anything. I don't need to see him, you know, one handed over the shoulder catches against Trey white. Um, I just need to see him there in a Bills uniform jogging around. And at that point for me, even I'll, I would bury it. Um, I just think that a matter of what it means for a cat, Mike, he's a, Mike, he's a captain. He's a, he's a captain um, who's paid. He's a captain who got his contract. He's paid. He got his deal and he was paid up front again. Um, he got his base salary up front by the team general manager. Do you like those factors are for context do matter? It does matter. But here, here's one thing that I saw in the chat and I, I actually really agree with the captains are what the players want as the leaders of the team. And while us as fans, we get frustrated when something like this happens, if the players understand what Diggs is going through, if the players understand this is something that he needs to deal with and that he will, he, he will be relied on and he will step up to the occasion when it matters, then this is a non-story for them. So like we said earlier, if this goes into training camp, then we can be concerned wouldn't be the best look for a captain to be doing this. I know it's not the best look for a captain to be doing this right now, but as long as the players know what's going on and they're accepting of, of him in the situation, it's not something to worry, worry about at, at, at least at the moment, if this continues in a month and a half, then we'll be concerned. I, I, I get that. We always look at captains as leaders and the role models that that have their voice in the locker room that that lead by example. Sometimes you have captains that are captains because they're the best player in the room and their talent is undeniable. And you want to reward the best talent around. Jack Eichel was a captain of the Sabres. Obviously, that was a mistake. But sometimes even when you have someone that might have a little bit of a diva personality or uh, be a prima donna, you still want to reward them because you know in the long run you're going to need to rely on a guy like that. And while he might always not always lead by example, that that captain badge probably still does mean something to Stefan Diggs. And we've seen him last year in the past, how he started carrying himself differently at times. Now, it sucks to see him revert back to certain things, but he did lift himself up uh, after being named a captain in the past with us. Right. And I think what it, what's a good point? Yes. So thank you very much. Seven one six Maximilian, uh, seventy eight Maximilian. Um, that's exactly my point. How Diggs can reasonably expect staying away actually helps a team improve or better chance of winning the Super Bowl. I, I I complete regardless of what's right, who's wrong, whether it's Josh at fault, McDermott, Dorsey at fault, doesn't really matter. I agree with this point uh, fully. I really appreciate the super chat. Thank you so much. Um, but. There's a couple of things going on. Obviously, there could be some off the field stuff with Stefan and what's going on off the field there, off the field with uh, his family members. So we'll see what that all amounts to, um, if that's kind of the affecting. And that could be why he's John McDermott's very concerned. I think that that would be reasonable to say. Um, but if you put that aside, do you think he's so we touched on his usage and I wanted to get back to usage for a second. Is it possible that maybe he saw the direction going, not recently, Mike, not last year, going forward, and he said, well, we got Don Kincaid, we got the offensive lineman, we're thinking Harris, we're thinking, you know, maybe going Latavius Murray, we're thinking about a bunch of different packages. Do you think he saw this and was like, great, but like, what does that have to do with me? Do you, do you think that that's possible? 
I'm not sure, Kev. I if I'm, it, it's tough because we're not star NFL wide receivers. I can't put myself 100 in his mindset. As a right. as a Bills fan, as an observer, I look at the moves that the Bills made this offseason. If I was a player that wanted nothing but to win a Super Bowl, I would be looking at the moves and would say our team is going in the right direction. We've gotten better. Uh, we've improved our improved our offensive line. We have added a skill position player at tight end that will make my life easier on the outside. We've brought in some talented running backs, so we're not going to be so one-dimensional in certain uh, parts of the field. So if I was a player on the team, I would be looking at the Bills moves this offseason and say, we're in a better position to win. That's why I kind of struggle with the whole that whole thought process of where do I fit in? Uh, because you look at the targets the last two years, if Diggs would have played 17 games last year, it would have been around the same targets that he had uh, the year before. So I don't really see his usage going down. In the one year he had Cole Beasley, uh, who was still playing at a high level, and last year he essentially had no slot receiver, and they still had around the same targets, The well, actually had more catches last year and more yardage and more touchdowns. So maybe he's frustrated about the way things went down the stretch and was worried about that carrying over to next year. But it, it's, it's really hard to, to figure out because the Bills have made it clear. He's their number one receiver, franchise, future Hall of Famer, if this keeps going, uh, receiver that they love and want to target him as much as possible. I, I don't understand how it could be a, a usage or a role question, but I, I guess it's always certainly possible. I know that John had uh, a comment here, and we'll get to this comment in a second. John uh, wrote that I believe Diggs is upset that Dorsey is essentially not held responsible for an offense that regressed big time as the year went on. And we, we've talked about this all the time on the show, Kev. The eye test was off with the Bills offense last year. Maybe that's what Diggs felt as a player on the field, but the points per game, the yards per game, and even the the numbers down the stretch were still very impressive. So I, I don't know if that even necessarily lines up with it. I, I, it could be numerous things, Kev. The, the speculation will never really get us anywhere because I don't – a lot of people with the speculation is only going to um, confirm their preconceived notions to begin with. Yeah, I think that right now, until we have some more clarity, we're all going to kind of interpret the situation a little bit di differently. Like, is it him mad at his usage? Is it him mad at Dorsey? Is it him mad at Josh? Is it him, you know, off the field? I, I you know, we're just going to all make make our assumptions. And right now it's going to be tough to um, have different perspectives right now until we have a little bit more clarity. And um, I didn't mind the head coach of the football team referencing uh, what happened um, as concerning. That's all. Like, I didn't really care, um, about that scenario. So Mike, is there, a, is there a way forward? What, what's this? I know, I think you're less concerned than most. I would say if there's a concern level, that's just say here, Mike, you, you're here. Um, I'm so at, tell I'm me, okay. I don't, I don't even have a concern right now, Kevin. Okay. Like I'll, I'll be real. Like I was laughing at Twitter most of today. Okay. I, I just don't care right now about this. This is a non-story. Now, if, as I've said five million times already on the show, a month and a half from now, grab me and, I, and I'll change my tune. I'll go from here to maybe like here. Uh, we get to like 
the end of August and we're still talking about Stefan Diggs, we get to early September, then I'm going big time concern at that moment in time because then it has the potential to impact regular season games. Your wide receiver depth is all dependent on him being your number one receiver. If Diggs is out regular season games because he doesn't like the direction of the team or these personal issues are impacting him, then you should be super concerned because then Gabe Davis here is your number one. Your wide receiver depth is not what it should be at that point in time. And you're going to have to rely on a rookie tight end playing the slot to basically have a great rookie campaign in order to keep up your offense at a high level. But we're not even close to that point, Kevin. That's three months away. Training camp's a month and a half away. He could report to practice tomorrow and, and we'd be beyond all of this in when we talk about the, the speculation, when we talk about the narratives, when we talk about all this stuff, the reason why in the end, like none of it really matters is when you don't know what's going on, they're going to, they're going to address it behind closed doors. They're, they're talking about it right now. And if I truly believe if Diggs had an issue that was not solvable, um, he wouldn't be in Buffalo right now. He wouldn't be trying to fix this at this moment. I believe the fact that he even is in Buffalo is a sign that he wants this to get addressed and he wants to get on the same page with everyone. Devo receivers, if they don't want something to, to happen, they can make things a lot uglier than what Diggs has done so far. Yeah. And the whole wide receiver coach, a good point. Um, you know, Adam Henry's a new wide receiver coach. Chad Hall was much liked, you know, whether the receiver room between Davis and I gave McKenzie, I know Crowder got hurt. Uh, a couple other names did not really improve in my opinion under Chad Hall. I do believe that that is fair that the bills would go ahead and look for an accomplished receiver coach like Henry. Do you think that that, you know, sitting down with him and Dorsey with the vision and it's not going to just be, um, you know, a lot of running this year. We're got, we're not going to take you out of the offense. Like, do you think that that is part of the conversation, Mike? Like, you got to meet Henry first. I mean, if you go back to his biggest issue in Minnesota, at that point in time, it was usage combined with changing to a run first scheme. Now, even if the Bills do intend on running the ball more this year, it'll never come close to approaching what Minnesota was doing when he got to the point of wanting to be traded. At that point in time, Diggs was on the ascension. He was starting the rise in his career, had a 100-plus catch season. And the very next year, he had around 60 catches. They didn't want to throw the ball uh, anymore under Zimmer. And, yes, Diggs still went over 1,000 yards. He was heavily involved in the deep passing game. But he wanted to be somewhere where he would be heavily utilized, be the guy. And – I know he mentioned recently on a podcast that he thought Minnesota was actually trying to punish him by sending him to Buffalo. I don't take that as a negative comment by Diggs about ending up in Buffalo. I take that more as you look at it. Antonio Brown was supposed to come here and he, he was basically Diggs basically said in the podcast, Brown was like, no, <laughs> I'm not doing that. I'm not going to Buffalo. And then a year later, you have Minnesota trading him to Buffalo. And Diggs looked at what Minnesota was doing him to him as trying to put him in a worst possible situation to succeed. Ended up having the opposite effect. Josh Allen, Diggs, natural combination, uh, perfect duo. And 
he's had the three best years of his career as a result. But if you are Diggs and maybe you do have some concern that things are changing a little bit in a direction that you wouldn't necessarily want to see, it is logical to think that that would be something you would want to discuss. You would want to bring up. Now, would I think that would be worth holding out a day in minicamp over? Probably not, but you never know. It's, it's certainly possible. I, I, I mostly, my speculation, my guessing, this has to do with how last year ended more than anything else, in my opinion. Hmm. Very interesting. Um, I think what's, I think fully interesting about this conversation is how it's resolved and what kind of things will be said after the fact of, well, you know, we were just kind of having a little tiff. It's keep it in the family. Um, you know, we were able to resolve this issue. So along those lines, Mike, I got to ask, it is, you know, we have some time left in the show. Appreciate everybody tuning into the going deep podcast. Please smash the like button. It really helps us create content on the cover one sports network. That means the world to us uh, as we continue to get close to training camp and we'll be bringing you great uh, training camp action all summer long. But Mike, I have to ask you, what do you think about now more than ever the bills re-engaging and re-entertaining DeAndre Hopkins? It was said, do you think that that plays a role in potentially like, well, you're looking at upgrading receiver. Like, I, I mean, it's all a thing to me. It all is pictured together, regardless of which one is more important than the next. I do believe that some things of every bucket may have a role in this. Mike, what, what do you think about DeAndre Hopkins coming here and being receiver too? And do you entertain that more or less or, or not at all anymore? So what, what are you thinking? Breast milk science. It's a thing and it's our thing. We're Byheart. We're an infant formula company on a mission to get a lot closer to the most super, super food on the planet, breast milk. Our patented protein blend has more of the important and most abundant proteins found in breast milk. We're the first and only U.S.-made formula to use organic, grass-fed whole milk, not skim. We make our formula in our own factories in Iowa, Oregon, and Pennsylvania, using a small batch manufacturing process that works to preserve the integrity of our ingredients. We ran the largest clinical trial by a new infant formula company in 25 years and clinically proved benefits like easier digestion, less gas, and softer poops versus a leading infant formula. We were the first infant formula company to earn the Clean Label Project Purity Award. And while we've put a lot into Byheart, there's a long list of things you won't see on our ingredient list, like no corn syrup, no maltodextrin, no GMO ingredients, no soy, no palm oil. Byheart, a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Life's better with a home policy from American Family Insurance because you'll feel protected no matter how the wind blows. All so you can keep enjoying the home of your dreams. And our expert agents can help you save up to 23% when you bundle home with auto. Insure carefully. Dream fearlessly. American Family Insurance. Get a quote. Find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. I, I've been of the thought process for a while now. I would love DeAndre Hopkins okay. to come to Buffalo. I just don't think it's realistic with what he's seeking right now. And I don't think it makes sense from a Bill's financial perspective to break the bank for a 31-year-old uh, receiver. 
Now, does the D-hop speculation in the offseason, does that, any of that have anything to do with what Diggs is thinking? I don't know. And, and <laughs> I, I know we've been joking about the speculation because let, let, let's be real. This, none of the speculation means crap because we don't know what truly is going on. We're just having a fun conversation and we're stating the facts and we're trying to piece the puzzle together with what we're saying. So none of what we're saying is spiteful, hurtful, or, or bad. We, we support all the players involved. I know you want the best for Diggs. I want the best for Diggs. We want the best for Josh Allen, this coaching staff, this team. But it, yeah. it is interesting because you could take the D-hop rumors in two different directions. If you're a fan, if you're if one side could say that Diggs is upset because the Bills haven't acquired D Hop because Diggs wants to win a Super Bowl, mm. that a premium player like D Hop could Look be the final piece that could get the Bills over the top, and he could be pleading to management, "Come on, make this move, make this move." But a devil's advocate to that would say, "Well." The Bills are showing all this love for D-Hop. What does that mean about how they feel about me? They've brought in Sherfield. They've brought in uh, Hardy. They drafted a tight end that's going to be the starting uh, slot receiver, most likely, at the beginning of the season. Uh, now they're talking about wanting D-Hop. Are they trying to take my targets away? Or are they trying to take my, my receptions away? I'm not going to get 100 catches if D-Hop's here. So <laughs> it's this is the funny thing about speculation because, really, depending on who you are, you could take that two completely opposite ways to justify why he's feeling the way he's feeling. When in reality, it probably has nothing to do with either of that. But to answer your question, I would love D-Hop on, on this team. It would be a great insurance option as a number two. The guy can still play. If you could get him on a reasonable one-year deal, I think he would make this offense almost unstoppable while him and assuming Stefan Diggs are on the field at the same time. But mm -hmm. the, the issue really, and we've been saying this for the last probably three weeks, four weeks, is that even though D-Hop wants to play for a contender, even though he wants to be on a winner with a quality quarterback and a good defense, how do you pass up on the money from, from other teams? And when you get that bag of money, you're going to justify going to New England or Tennessee. You'll say, well, you know, New England's not that good, but they did go eight and nine, and maybe I'm the piece that gets them to 10 wins, and then we can make a run in the playoffs. Or you, you, you tell yourself, well, Tennessee hasn't been bad for that long. They've only had one season. Tannehill mm -hmm. was mm -hmm. decent. Maybe I can get them past the Jacksonville Jaguars, who really haven't been that great. So D-Hop, if he's willing to take a, a veteran discount and join a team that – could maybe get over the hump, win their first Super Bowl. I welcome it. I just don't think that's likely, but I'm not going to shut the door completely. I'd say 5 10% chance just because if this lingers on to a certain point, D-Hop is eventually going to have to decide, do I go to a contender or do I take slightly more money for this mediocre team uh, without a quality quarterback? Mike, what if – okay, let's play what if. If the Bills do – signed Deion, but they may have been interested anyways who knows what if they do sign deandre hopkins would that make you think hmm the bills have a receiver too or would you would that further push uh-oh like what's i just want to know your opinion on if they did go the route of bringing in a premier receiver like that i just want to know your mindset well knowing how i already feel about where this stefan Diggs situation, you think it's a nothing burger 
I would take a DeAndre Hopkins signing strictly for the Bills want to make their offense even better than it already is. I wouldn't take a DeAndre Hopkins signing tomorrow as saying, oh, the Bills are concerned about Stephon Diggs. Okay, that's why I want to ask. Going on? Because they can't trade Diggs anyway. The, the dead cap is too crazy of a number right now where he's untradeable at, at the moment. And when I say untradeable, not that the Bills couldn't trade him to somebody else, but the Bills would never get the value back for a guy like that while Correct. holding on to all that cap. It would just be such a detrimental move for the Bills themselves, which is why I don't think that would ever make sense. If they made the move and they bring D-Hop in, I look at it as the Bills are going all in. They have found a way with limited cap space to bring in four to four to five starters from other organizations last year while retaining 95% of their roster outside of Tremaine Edmonds. I would look at that as they're all in. Diggs, come on, man. Like we're 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 doing this. Like I, I know you have issues. Like, come on, you're gonna have D Hop next. You you still have Josh. We improved our offensive line. We have this great defense. Come on, man. Like let let let's get this done. So I wouldn't take that as anything uh, regarding Diggs either way because we've been talking about this for the past two months. So to me, this has been a discussion for too long to make this a connection to Stefan Diggs. And I, I and I see the one comment here. I don't want Hopkins either. Another diva. Let, let's be real. Receivers are what they are. Receivers want the ball. They want to score touchdowns. They want catches. And in the grand scheme of things, if you're winning football games, it doesn't really matter the way they're acting. The problem is when you start having things go wrong, and that's what we're kind of seeing the result of the ugly playoff loss transferring over to an offseason at this point in time. The Bills get off to a hot start. They win some games. I don't think we hear about this dig situation going forward. It's when things aren't going well that you have to be concerned about how are these uh, characters on your team acting at certain moments in time. And I think what's jumping out to me still about the scenario is I think the Bills have the best roster that they've had. We saw it, uh, Dawson Knox get banged up with a Taylor Rapp breakup at the end of practice. Let's hope that's okay. I think, Mike, you said – uh, he walked off. Uh, all That's right. what I was hearing on Twitter. It sounded like the okay. reporter that practice said he looked okay. I I don't know anything. Beyond we that. saw Josh Allen. It looks like he is. Let's talk about positives now. That we talked about the other stuff for 55 minutes. Um, that it looked like Trent Sherfield is fitting right in. It looks like underratedly Mike has a really good chance to be in this offense. Um, you know, originally thought of a receiver five. Uh, you know, special teamer fighting with Justin Shorter for five or six, uh, kind of down there at the bottom. But it does seem like more and more like you have Hardy as your four and your your gadget and can do everything. But then you have maybe originally planned for Sherfield. They already have a a handshake uh, with Josh Allen. It seems like Sherfield may be the guy, and and he looks the part, Mike. Um, yeah, we I think it's Tavon Austin in minicamp last year. No, Come on, it's different than Tavon Austin. Come on, Tavon Austin. Was at the talking, end of his I mean, I, I, I'll give Trent Sherfield his due. He okay. he can play wide receiver, but we're talking about a guy in his like first four years did practically nothing right at, at receiver. He's had one decent year for Miami, around thirty catches, some production. I don't want to say seventeen yards, thirteen point nine yards a catch, seventy five yard long. Uh, good route running can play every teams. Let's wait till training camp to see what happens. Oh. That's when Isaiah McKenzie separated from Crowder. 
we'll, we'll see, Kevin. We'll see in training camp where where everything stacks with this wide receiver group. And, and you got to also admit, like factoring in Dalton Kincaid complicates this because mm-hmm. where do you have Shakir listed? Would he is if mm-hmm. you're just listing wide receivers? Is Shakir your three? Hardy your four? Then Sherfield be your five? You factor in that Dalton Kincaid is going to get half the snaps in your slot. Well, then you push everybody down a, another spot. It's going to be tough to get some playing time. I, I think Sherfield can carve out a role and, and get some get some reps at wide receiver. But us as a fan base, we've, we've gotten high on a lot of these depth wide receivers in recent years. And how often do they end up being the guys that we talk them into being during mini camp and training camp? I, I know some people would say, well, Isaiah Hodgson showed that he actually deserves to, to get that playing time. Maybe the coaching staff is just missing. But uh, if the coaching staff missed on those guys, who's to say that they're going to hit on these guys? Hmm. Well, Mike, we know how much you hate down the the, the end of the roster players. I no, thought we were talking. Oh, I thought we were talking about a tick up from your typical um, undrafted free agent. Hey, Mike's hate them all the same. I'm excited for Hardy. I think oh, Hardy okay. is going to uh, right. have a, a role on this team. And I, I I saw somebody the other day saying that Hardy is slower than McKenzie, and how is this really an upgrade? To me, I liked Isaiah McKenzie before he became the primary slot receiver of the Bills. I I liked when he was the gadget guy doing jet sweeps where you'd have him doing some crossers. That was a good role. When he got elevated to be the slot guy, he was out of place. With Deontay Hardy, you get, I think, a more refined wide receiver. Yes, he's only really had the one year in New Orleans, and he was hurt most of last year and didn't do much. But if you watch some some film of Hardy, this is a guy that has moves. He has the ability to do things after the catch. Isaiah was very limited with the ball. He, he had that straight line speed, but he wasn't he wasn't really moving left right. And if you put a hand on him, he was going down. Uh, I do think Hardy. Uh, might bring uh, something extra to the table that could have a fit in this offense. Okay. Well, Mike, we know we're getting into the season of the trench Sherfield season. We're getting into season of players on the roster that Mike is going to enjoy uh, so, so much Terrell Shavers. Could it be Jalen Wayne? Could it be, you know, who knows Marcel Aitman from the UFL or from the XFL? Could it be, you know, Richard Garage, my guy, undrafted free agent at the tackle position. There's going to be lots of names to talk about. And it's football time. I guess nothing else. What we've learned today, it's football time. Um, and there's going to be a lot of talk. Hopefully this time for our show next week, we can actually bring what we took out of the OTAs, maybe some some names, some things we're looking forward to in future shows. Maybe we'll break down the depth charts um, of the entire division and see, you know, kind of rank them. You know, we've got a lot of, a lot of cool shows coming up. We have... Um, all of the cover one network is going to have wonderful uh, shows as we reach July. And I think we're still planning on doing a, a multifaceted show break, uh, meetup at some point in late July too. Uh, so that should be uh, incredibly fun as you can kind of bring all of our personalities together to, uh, to, to bring that, but we're going to stay tight on the, you know, uh, still on the Deandre Hopkins watch. I still think the bills are outsiders there, but still watching closely that, you know, he did go to Tennessee, you know, Bill Belichick's being weird about it. He's got to end up somewhere. Uh, and will this, you know, will, will this be a scenario that the Bills keep an eye on going forward? We'll be right here on that action, but also what's going to happen, how Dig plays out. Mike thinks it's a nothing burger. I'm a little bit more concerned by it. Um, so we're kind of, uh, I just don't know if it goes away. 
but Mike could be very, very right that by uh, late July it is uh, a complete afterthought. So we'll we'll be able to revisit this show here um, to see kind of kind of. We what might even know sixteen weeks. hours from now, Kevin. Sixteen hours from now, we could have positive news about him reporting to practice and, and being ready sure. to take some take some balls from Josh Allen, or the story could go up a notch and we could be talking about some more uh, off the field. Uh, drama going on so hopefully for our sake hopefully for Bill's fans sake this all gets resolved and nobody feels the need to watch our show uh, tomorrow <laughs> afternoon because it's not a story anymore and that's oh, you're gonna always watch the show tomorrow afternoon <laughs> um, but- and to honor all of our on-demand listeners we really appreciate you guys to leave comments and reviews uh, please smash the like button uh, as well, but it's time, Mike, you know what it's time for? It's time for Gabe Davis receiver one season. Um, <laughs> I think that's ultimately what we, uh, he looked good today. I mean, we, we, we talked a lot about other stuff. He, he looked like he changed his catch point. It looks like he's going up. He's plucking the ball. He's catching all hands. Um, I, I don't take anything away from that other than maybe he changed some of the way that he concentrates and bring the ball in. So I'm, I'm excited to see the Gabe Davis progression. He's on a contract year. Will the bills get him done this year? Will they wait? I mean, it's going to be Gabe Davis is an interesting story to me on how they view him. And uh, will they go back and forth with contract talks? Who knows if they already are, will he get signed in camp? Will they wait on it? Will they get a comp pick for him? There's a lot to go down. Gabe Davis is an interesting story. And one, you know, I had originally had show notes for today, but, and I'm going to push him on my notes. I'm going to watch some more stuff on him. We'll bring some Gabe Davis topics next week on the show. But, um, you know, he's somebody that is really interesting to this season. He, he, he is. He is a pretty fascinating player. He was last year, I think, because of the expectations. But this year, no expectations. What can he do just being a guy that needs to be a big piece to the offense but have a lot of other weapons um, behind him that, you know, can be just as important? So, Mike – with all that being said, this was the Going Deep podcast. We really appreciate everybody tuning in for this action pack just over an hour. All of Cover One will be on spaces. We'll be around to talk and see if any breaking news happens. Maybe someone will go live. And we have shows all week covering OTAs, covering mini camps, coming up training camp and the digs, and maybe Hopkins scenarios as well as we uh, look around the league. But Lots to like, maybe as deep as the defense has ever been. The offensive line is rehab. There's a lot of football reasons to be happy, Mike. So without all that, with all that being said, we'll be right back at you next week at seven o'clock right here on the Cover One Podcast Network. If you wouldn't mind hitting that like button below, that means a ton to us and all of our Spotify and Apple Podcast listeners. Uh, that would be excellent as well to leave your reviews. But we brought as much as we could on the topic. And we'll see what happens in 16 hours, as Mike likes to say. But from the Going Deep podcast and the Cover One podcast network, I'm Kevin. That's Mike. We'll be here 7 o'clock next week. Catch you later. Josh Allen, looking deep, going deep. To me, talking about the Bills, what else would you rather be doing? We're hoping to add a, a new dimension to the Cover One network. Slings it deep down. Right now, I just want to talk about this championship level. I've never had a championship caliber team to talk about. I want to focus more on the storylines each week. What are the big stories going on with the Bills? What are uh, thoughts, commentary? How do these things impact Buffalo? Deep drop. Deep throw. And it is pulled in for the touchdown. Allen deep.
zone and caught for a touchdown. Play action. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, prohibited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.